The following program may contain viewpoints and opinions that do not necessarily reflect those of Radio That Doesn't Suck Incorporated or its employees. to Real Estate Toronto, the radio show about buying and selling real estate in the greater Toronto area with Aura Ross from the Mulholland Ross Real Estate Team. 30 minutes of hot topics and indispensable advice from experienced professionals that work for you. Now, on with the show. Excuse me for showing up unannounced. Yep, every Sunday we show up unannounced into your internet radio. (laughs) And sometimes during the week, we're at your door. Yes, you know, we're knocking, saying, let us sell your house. That's right. That's or in right. my case, let me move in. <laughs> Do you need that's a tenant? Right. That's right. Um, well, Todd, thanks for uh, the intro. And um, and uh, actually, you pointed this out to me, so I, I'll, I'll give Blame you... Blame me. No, I want to give you credit for um, picking up on a really interesting article we, we found in the Star this week. Now, you and I have talked about this uh, ongoing yeah. for a while, about the condo glut here in, in central North York. Yeah, and we even talked about it when everyone was buying them and questioning, should we be jumping in? You know, should we be waiting it out? And, um, you know, the the whole buying the pre, pre-construction condo question comes up. And, you know, we still get it today. I still get a lot of people asking me today, should should I be buying that pre-custom, pre-built condo? Yeah. Um, and some of them today, you know, it's 2000 and 2013, and we are now seeing um, move-in dates for 2017. See, and I've always been kicking myself saying, you know, I should have just got a small condo as an investment property, yeah. but there's no guarantee I could have ever, ever gotten it. I mean, actually physically closed yeah. on it or moved in or rented it out, So, right. which we'll get into, which this article touches on. And right. I believe you have some... Uh, well, let's say alternative a, a few points on some of the points in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a very well-written article, and they bring out a lot of great points as far as what are some of the problems and what are some of the benefits of, of buying that pre-construction, um, but certainly some of the problems that our city's seeing right now. So we can visit those and talk about different options for people. Awesome. You're listening to realestatetoronto.com radio on Listen Up Talk Radio. We will be right back. Hi, it's Paul Capelcante, host of The Vinyl Experience, with a couple of magic numbers for you to remember. This is real simple. Are you ready? Here we go. Nine and three. Every Sunday at 9 a.m., 3 p.m., 9 p.m., and for good measure, 3 a.m. on Monday. This is all Eastern Time. Your time's for The Vinyl Experience. selling a home, condo, or investment property may be one of the largest transactions you'll ever make. It's important to gather as much information as you can, and preferably from experienced, successful professionals. When it comes time to make your move, call the Mulholland Ross Real Estate Team with Keller Williams Real Estate Service at 416-230-8500 or visit www.realestatetoronto.com. Whether you're making your first move or selling your much-loved family home, the Mulholland Ross Team offers over 26 years of real estate sales and service across the GTA. Listen every Sunday at 4 p.m. here on Radio That Doesn't Suck to hear the team share advice and information that will assist you with your personal wealth through real estate. Questions or topics you'd like to see covered? Email info at realestatetoronto.com or call the Mulholland Ross team at 416-230-8500. 
Welcome back to realestatetoronto.com radio brought to you by the Mulholland Ross real estate team right here in downtown North York. Hey, this I like that. Bustling metropolis. <laughs> that's right. Downtown that's right. North York. Well, we are bustling because we have, uh, you know, I've read that the section between the 401 and Finch had in the last five years had more condo buildings actually in production going up than anywhere else in North America. So, so basically that stretch is Finch's uptown I would say Mel Lassman Square is midtown, yeah, that's and then right. Shepherd is downtown. Downtown, there you go. There's our city center. <laughs> Two kilometers, and you've got you've gone through a whole city, which it used it. to be actually. That's right. Let's not go there. So when we've got, yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Thanks, Mel. Um, um, so we've got the whole condo thing going on, and we've we heard, you know, five six years ago, we were starting to get politicians and and economists saying, you know, this might be this. There might just be too many condos coming into the city of Toronto. Um, there might be a glut. We watched it in Vancouver, right? They overbuilt. And what what was happening there, and I'd say very similar here, is people come in and they buy a condo. But what's a little different here, you know, and it's not going to be built for three years. The difference here was that people were coming in and buying an entire floor. People were coming in here and buying 10 condos. One group one group, or one family or one One investor. Was so, buying Yeah, so the units. idea was people would buy... Pre-construction prices, which going back a few years ago, pre-construction prices really were lower than what the resales were. Okay. That's not necessarily the case today. Are we going to talk about the reasons for that? Yeah, sure. Okay. So back then, I'd say back then the reasons were they wanted to attract that investor. And the developer needs a 65% sold rate before they can start digging. So they need to pre-sell. I did not know that. Yeah, the condos need to pre-sell. So um, they, you know, the prices were low. They knew it was a three to four year wait out. No one knew if the market was going to go up or down. So the condos went out less than what resales were. And people would put down this, you know, you'd, you'd have the staggered deposits thing, you know, show up with 5% now and in six months, another 2% and in a year from now, another 4% and they'd give you a whole schedule. And to a lot of people that made investing kind of easy. You know, I don't or, have to come up with 40 home. now. Even if it wasn't an investment, their it was first their first home. home. That's right. That's right. So what, you know, on, on on the guy who bought it, you know, the single guy or gal who bought it um, because they got a good job and they thought now's my opportunity to get in and I don't have to put all the money up now so I can do this over the course of the next two, three years. You know, some of them get to the situation where by the time they're moving into their condo, they're now married with a child. Right. They bought it when they were single. They're now married with a kid, and now moving into that bachelor part, a condo is not going to work. work. Now, doesn't necessarily make it a poor investment. You know, I'm a big believer in those small condos, and and we'll touch on that too. But but what actually happens is is now their equity's in there, their their money's in there, they want to buy that little house for their family, so they have to sell that condo to get their money out so that they can go put a deposit down on, on a different house. So we're seeing that. As, as a situation of, 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 you know, the building's about to close or the building's closing and all of these condos hit the market. So what happens is when you buy a new construction, there's often a clause in there that says you cannot sell your agreement, meaning you cannot consign this this building to someone else before the building gets registered. So, uh, as a condo corporation. Yeah, so a new building gets built and then what happens is if your floor is completed, you get an occupancy and now you can move in and they're going to charge you like an occ- occupancy rate, which is kind of like a rent. You still don't have a mortgage on this thing. 
Is is it sort of replacing your condo fees until you... Kind of, yeah. Okay. But, they get, it's, but you're not even paying condo fees yet because being a condominium, you can't start charging condo fees <laughs> till everybody's in. So once it's fully complete, everybody's in, then they say, okay, the building's being registered, you can close. And that's when the mortgage companies will say, fine, now we'll give you the mortgage. So you've got that period of whatever that is where you're yeah. essentially a tenant. That's right. It could be three months. I mean, I, I don't know. There's... I'm nervous to say how long that can be. I've seen it three months. I've seen it eight months. Um, Maybe there's argument out there that it can go much longer. Um, I'd have to look into that. But what happens is, is until that building's registered, a lot of buildings used to, now they're changing it a little bit now, but they used to put this thing in that you cannot sell it. So you cannot sell that agreement. That builder doesn't care. You're closing it. Wow. So now you've closed it. Now you've got to pay that ta- the land transfer tax. You've got to start paying that maintenance. You've got to start paying your mortgage. And then what happens? You're going to go put it on the market and try to sell it. But you've got to ask for more because you've got to get all your costs out. Right. So on and so forth. So there, that's one thing. So we can always tell when a building's just been registered because overnight you see 30 listings come up. Wow. Yeah. So when you think about the competition now, you're, you're up against your neighbor and your condo buildings. A lot of units usually come up in the same building. So that becomes a problem. What this article in the Star was saying was that they're actually getting people um, unable to finance because when they bought it three years ago, they were qualified based on 10% down, 20% down if it was an investment property. Today, your income really must be very strong for you to qualify 20% down on that investment property. So a lot of these guys are showing up to close their building and their mortgage brokers are saying, we're not giving you that mortgage we told you about three years ago. Remember, the banks only commit for nine, three to right. four months max, right? right? So we're not going to give you that. And we need 50%, not 20%. And these guys are scrambling. So just let me think about that for a second. So if they did that 90-day agreement or, or mm-hmm. you know, where the banks said, sure, we'll finance you. Would it make sense then for some of these people to keep doing that every 90 days to go back and get keep getting requalified? Well... You can get keep getting requalified, but what's actually happened in three years is the mortgage rules have changed um, quite major changes at least three times. And again, I'm, there might even be more, but three major ones have hit the news. Right. And certainly um, secondary properties played a big role in a couple of those changes. So the banks do want to see a bigger down payment, a little more skin in the game. Right. So... Again, Thanks you bought to our it federal government, right? And and let's face it, you bought it three years ago. You figured you had all the time in the world, and you just had to come up with twenty percent. In the meantime, you had your baby, so you bought another house. Your money got tied up. Maybe you bought some stocks. Your money is doing something else. Now you got to close, and you're going, okay, great. I've got my twenty percent. I put it away. I've got it. And the banks are now saying, no, we want fifty. So some of these people are having to go to second mortgages, where we're getting into rates like ten percent, twelve percent. Yikes. If you want to get into holding second mortgages, it's a great business. And there was, there was one <laughs> stat in there where one wanted 65% down. Down. Yeah. And that's because his income wouldn't have qualified. But, you know, look at the banks are looking out for us. And, and in one respect, you know, you hear agents complaining about it, saying, oh, it's really putting a damper on our business. Yeah. I feel the banks are creating a very um, responsible, educated clientele we we must look after ourselves we cannot get sloppy here so the banks are careful they don't want to lose a ton of money so yeah they're asking for bigger down payments 
And of course, the bigger, the, the, the worst issue for the builder is the guy who just says, I'm walking. I'm not going to close. You've got my deposit. So they just walk away they from their deposit? They walk away from their deposit. And, you know, for some people, if they've got $20,000 into it over a three-year period, it's a hell of a lot easier than walking away from that than finding another fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 to add to it. Before you even get yeah. your mortgage going. That's right. And then That's you're right. stuck with it. You don't know when you can get out of it. Yeah. And so one of the comments made in here is that they were saying that, yeah, well, you know, the positive in all of this is our rental market's very strong, which it is. For condos. For condos, yeah. yeah. And um, and they're saying so a lot of investors, when they do close, you know, the rent covers their expenses. And that's where I have a problem because I know what the numbers look like. Now, if you're talking about going back how I said I like the little units, mm-hmm. when I do have clients that want to buy in these buildings, I my advice is find the nicest building, get the smallest unit you can find. Just get in. Just get in. They're cheap. You can always rent the little bachelors. They're easy to rent. Um, University students. Yeah, or... young professional. Yep. And if you aren't, if, if you have to go one or two months without a tenant, you're not paying a fortune. It should be manageable so because for, it's so cheap. Just for, for frame of reference, what would that cheap condo be? look like? Yeah, what would cheap, would it be a About the size of the room bachelor? we're in. Bachelor. So, so no separate bedroom? No. So the bachelors are, um, you know, usually you see them anywhere from, th- well, they're probably smaller too, but I'd say standard is anywhere from 320 to 420 square feet. You often get a Murphy bed, a little kitchenette, and a bathroom. So we got about and they're cute. 220 square feet here. Yeah. So a little bit bigger than this. A little bit bigger than this. I mean, we sold one I, We sold one last year down by, right at Young and Bloor on Mutual Street, a little bachelor. It had the Murphy bed and everything. It had a balcony. I thought it was cute. Really cute. I mean, I think we sold it for three ten. Wow. But can I tell you, the rent on it was fifteen fifty. When we worked out twenty percent down, and based on the mortgage rates at the time, this was about a year, a year and a half ago, based on the mortgage rates, twenty percent down, the taxes and the maintenance fee, because remember your tenant does not pay maintenance, right. you are paying it. Yep. We were still coming up short. Wow. It still would have cost a hundred dollars a month to own that condo and rent it out so where in the article the star quotes um great that most of the investors are finding that it's not so bad because they're getting great tenants in there to cover their expenses i have to question that because i think the biggest the biggest area we're having difficulties with in our downtown and 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 north york um condo market is in the larger units are are the ones that cost people between 500 and 800,000. so we had guys coming into town Two years ago, buying a $600,000 two-bedroom condo. I can tell you those investors had no interest in holding these condos or renting them. The numbers don't work. You're only going to get your twenty two, maybe 2500 a month. You've paid six hundred plus you've got maintenance, plus you've got taxes. The math doesn't work. They really bought them with the sole purpose of flipping them the minute that building finished. So buy a floor... Get all the units, hold them until it registers, yeah. and then sell the whole floor and make a killing, apparently. That that was the whole intention. I would have to say from investors I've talked to, from realtors that I know have worked with a lot of uh, foreign investors too, their intention was never to hold. It was always to buy flip. Yeah. However, how do you buy flip in an area where now your brand new building is competing against two more brand new buildings that are almost done? 
because every building, their biggest issue is the guy beside them who's also building. So, not so the only, competition's crazy. So not only units in your own building, That's right. but the other three towers that are right the around the corner. The phase two, phase three, three that are coming through that now the builder's saying, and hey, newer. they're newer and we're going to throw this in, we're going to throw that in, and hey, the nine foot ceilings, forget it, we're now at 10 foot ceilings. And da, da, da. And, and so now they're, they're the ones having the toughest time. So yeah. before we take a, a short uh, interruption here from the show, it was kind of like a bell curve where, you know, you had these low prices and then yeah. you went up where they were really high. Is it going to come back down now because we have this glut? Maybe we'll talk about that after oh, the break. Oh, that's a big question. You'll oh, have to come back. Okay. Yeah. You listen to your realestatetoronto.com <laughs> radio on Listen Up Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Hi, Gene Godfrey here from Classic FM, the album-friendly intimacy of progressive FM radio, reviving the atmosphere of the early days of FM, digging deeper into the albums and going pretty much wherever we want with the hour, completely unbound. I hope you'll join me for Classic FM, any volume, anytime on demand, and a new show every Wednesday in the live stream exclusively here at RadioThatDoesn'tSuck.com. We'll see you then. Cheers. Buying or selling a home, condo, or investment property may be one of the largest transactions you'll ever make. It's important to gather as much information as you can, and preferably from experienced, successful professionals. When it comes time to make your move, call the Mulholland Ross Real Estate Team with Keller Williams Real Estate Service at 416-230-8500 or visit www.realestatetoronto.com. Whether you're making your first move or selling your much-loved family home, the Mulholland Ross Team offers over 20 six years of real estate sales and service across the GTA. Listen every Sunday at 4 p.m. here on Radio That Doesn't Suck to hear the team share advice and information that will assist you with your personal wealth through real estate. Questions or topics you'd like to see covered? Email info at realestatetoronto.com or call the Mulholland Ross team at 416-230-8500. Your internet radio is tuned to listen up talk radio at talk-radio.ca. Welcome back to Real Estate Toronto. And a somewhat, a very interesting but somewhat unsettling topic. Yes. Especially in this neighborhood. Well, it, because it makes up so much of our growth, for sure. And I'd say all the way downtown. And now we're going into Mississauga, too. You know, we've got a lot of beautiful buildings going up in our west and east ends. And, and I want to make sure people understand, too, when we see these real niche small condos, I have to say I don't know that they're running into the same issues. Okay. As some of these really big Multi-towered, you know, multi-towered, you know, yeah. yeah, there's a few down on our waterfront where it's just an entire city of, of condos. And on any given day, there's 34 one bedrooms for sale between 280 and 350, you know, or, so you or bachelors. So you have, yeah, the buyers have choices. So um, going back to the new build. So I, you know, I don't want to sit there and, and let the listeners think, oh, don't ever buy pre-construction. Don't do this. Don't do that. Really, the warning is know what you're buying. And understand that rules can change, rates can change. Like right now, today, buying a pre-construction that is going to be finished in 2015, 2017, and we actually have the economists telling us taxes, uh, sorry, interest rates will start making shifts in 2016. You will feel it. Forget the, you know, 25 basis points we're feeling now. I mean, we're going to see it. They're, they're telling us 2016, mm. we're going to see that rate change. And you got a condo closing. Remember, your bank is not giving you the rate today. They're going to give you the rate based on the 90 days before closing. 
So you should figure out if you can afford that extra two, three. Base it on 5%. Base hey, it on 6%. Five. Hey, look, at if I'm wrong, you can you can laugh at me all the way to <laughs> the bank. Thank you later. Yeah, really. If I'm wrong and it only and it goes down, great. I've helped you out. But but make sure you're qualifying at that higher rate and understand what it looks like, what those numbers look like. Be prepared, I guess, is, is my advice. Be Boy prepared. Because, yeah. Uh, Girl Guides, actually. Girl Guides. Sorry. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I didn't go. I'm just trying to pull that I back did. from... <laughs> um, so I, I think um, try to get a sense of what you want your life to look like in two to three years, too. So if it's a straight investment, that's a whole thing. I mean, I here's what's happening. The new buildings are the new buildings. So first of all, remember I said in three years ago, people were selling these pre-construction at what I thought, too, were really great prices. I don't think the pre-construction prices are that low anymore. I almost look at the pre-construction prices and I think they are being priced higher than our resales. So what is the advantage now for me to walk in and buy something three years before it's completed? Hmm. Could with, I? With no guarantee that the prices are going to appreciate. With no guarantee. So right now, could I go wait for a building to get registered? I can still get a brand new unit, but now the building's registered. I can walk through, touch it, feel it, smell it and decide, is this what I want? And again, there's some pretty good deals out there because there's so much competition. That's what I was going to say. Not to take advantage of anyone, but you well, might have somebody that's more motivated to sell. There you go. You could find a deal. Yeah. So so there's always that option. And then I'm a big fan of resale condos. And why I like the resale condos is we know what the maintenance fees are. We know how much money is sitting in that reserve fund. Like when you buy a brand new building and they quote... Oh, maintenance fees are going to be somewhere between 220 and 280 a month. I promise you that's year 1. Mm -hmm. After year 1, you're going to see it go up. They have to build that reserve fund up very quickly. Yeah. So, uh I'd say that's probably the biggest complaint I've heard from our clients that have gone into the brand new buildings is is how fast those um fees go up. But you go into a resale and maybe not a super old building where you know you're now getting into some big expenses and there might be some special assessments. But you just get into that resale um, location, 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 right? Right location, you're fine. But the resales are often cheaper than the new ones. So why wouldn't I want to just um, win on my way in, we say? You know, win win going in. So if I can buy 20% less than what that new, home, that new one's going for on my way in, that is a huge savings over a five-year, 10-year hold plan. So you're mitigating some of that two to three year period while it's figuring that out being my, closed. My concern, and yeah. And you've got money that you're putting away. Yeah. Earning some good interest. Yeah. While you wait to see how it all shakes out. Yeah. See I'm 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 also kind of an instant gratification purpose person too. So, you know, for me to buy something and know I'm getting it in three years to me is like strange. I mean, I can't even buy a couch if they say it's coming to you in four months because we're going to have it made in Italy for you. It's like, no, I want the one on your floor because I now. want it. I yeah. Want can you bring it car. to me now? Yeah. What do you mean I have to wait till Wednesday? Cut That's not good off. enough. Yeah. So for to buy that sort of thing with the unknown of three years, that that to me is a little frightening. Now, again, I've had investors do it and a lot of them have done very well. I think the big concern going on right now and what's been quoted in this October 8th Star article is um, there's so many of them coming to fruition in the next 12 months. So they quote between 20 and 43,000 units. Will hit the market? Will actually hit the market in the next 12 months. Now that makes me really nervous because we know 
that 20 to 43,000 families aren't buying them. A lot of these are, you know, investors with multi-units. And um, some of them, it's just a numbers game. If they have to walk from 20, 50, 60, $100,000, you know, it's a write-off next. I found a better investment over here. It's worth it for me to cancel here, and I'll just walk over here. So, so that has an immediate impact on the, the phase that they're in. Let's say that I have a condo in phase number one. It gets registered. And um, let's say there are let's say there are 50 units in that phase that are currently unoccupied. What does that do for the people that actually live there? I mean, does it depress the prices somewhat? Um, well, I think more more is if you had like, look, if you had a building with, say, 300 units and there were 45 in there for sale, that I would say that would have to drive the prices down a bit because you've got you've got. You know, it's that inventory supply and demand thing. Right. You've got way too much supply for the demand. So to get sold, you're going to have to bring that price down to find someone to, to pick it up. So I'd say that's one of the problems. The other one is, is it becomes a very transient community. So now you're, you bought a condo building. Um, 50% of the people that bought are investors, which means half your building are tenants, which means that becomes transient. Right. You know, we do no, no slight to tenants. I've been one thought I was an okay one. Um, but I certainly don't want to invest my money in a building where there's a lot of tenants. I'd rather be in, a, in an owned, stable. owner-occupied building, a little more stable. And again, we find that when we go into the older buildings, we find that stable, mature, um, pe- th- those people. And it's just maybe, you know, I don't know. If I was living in the building, I'd want that. As an investor, again, uh, well, again, if I was investing and it was going to be a long-term hold and my plan was 10 to 15 years, I probably wouldn't give it a whole lot of thought. My, I think what's happening here and what's scaring people and causing um, a lot of talk about this condo was is, again, going back to that investor who had no intention of holding it. Their plan was to put their money in three years, win the cash cow. Right. And I think they're starting to realize it's not there. I mean, we watched some of these million-dollar million condos downtown, guys barely closing, walking away from their deposits, or they, you know, they they really don't want to close because you close on a two bedroom condo. It's stunning. It's in the hottest part of town, but you're still paying one, one and a half million dollars for it or over a million for it. No rent is going to cover you there. (laughs) So the thing that crossed my mind is I'm not a condo owner, nor am I an, an investor, but I live adjacent to many. Yes. How does that impact me as a as a, uh, a freehold in our? Well, you know, we're not that separate because let's face it: if the condo market gets depressed, um, I would say it will spill out. And this is what we're hearing the news. And again, in the Stark article, they do touch on that. They touch on this is just the start. We will feel it spill out and affect other people. So how that all works, well, I'm not an economist, but I would say on the very on the very general, general side, again, it means too much inventory in an area, which means there's a lot of supply. It also just means negative news to an area, which causes buyers from everywhere to wonder if it's going to spill into the freehold. So that, that causes doubt, that sort of thing. So I'd say right off the top, that would be a problem. But then when we look a little deeper, it means, okay, well, how many people are going to get laid off because... Um, those condos aren't getting moved into, decorated, renovated. The appliances aren't being bought. The furniture's not being bought. They say that every time, uh, and I, oh, I'm going to quote a number and I hope I'm right. Um, every time a piece of real estate gets sold, 
there's an assumption that another $38,000 is going into the community. And that is for hiring a painter, hiring the fix-it guy, buying that couch, buying the fridge. So really, every time there's a transaction, it's great for the economy, right? But if people aren't closing the condos, or if those condo prices are dropping, then the spill out can be quite large. And again, they, they talk about it in the article that they're concerned to say, they're saying that we are going to start feeling the spill off next year. Yeah, I thought you were going to say every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings when you started that <laughs> phrase. But, well, I, I, can't, I can't, you know, the negative news kind of scares me. Uh, and on the flip side, just to be devil's advocate, you know, if all of those units were occupied by living, breathing souls with cars. Oh, my I mean, God. I have to think about this area as far as infrastructure yeah. and traffic. Uh, it's it's a little frightening to think about full occupancy. To be brutally honest. Well, full occupancy with, with owners who, who are commuting, like by via car. I th- and, I, and I'll tell you, in our neighborhood in central North York, I think when, when a lot of approvals were made and the zoning changes were made, they always assumed that the condo dweller would not be a driver. Right. That these people would use our subways. They also didn't think they would have children. So they weren't thinking about the cars and they weren't thinking about our schools. They thought, look, we're going to get all these young people who are going to take their, you know, the jump on the subway, go downtown to work. Take the subway to Ikea and drag a couch back. That's right. And so they really miscalculated on that one because we are seeing the cars. And of course, we are seeing the families. We've talked about this before. The family's making the lifestyle choice of actually moving into a condo for a simpler lifestyle. Which means now you've got two or three kids in that building, and now that school, I mean, our schools are just maxed out. I know. They're maxed out. We're going to hold those urban planners to task right after this uh, <laughs> short break. You're listening to realestatetoronto.com radio. What used to be a house of cars has turned into a reservoir. Welcome back to realestatetoronto.com radio, where we are going to leave you on a happy note. Well, again, I just want to, I want to remind people that if you're doing it and, and your intention and plans and your organizes for long-term hold, just ignore everything we've said. Hold it long-term. I, I really have never seen anything lose long-term. I would say that if you have bought and you're waiting for registration, stay in very, very close touch with a great mortgage broker. Make sure they keep you up to date on any changes, any alterations you're going to need to make between now and registration date so that you can finance this thing. Right. No surprises. Big, big advice. And if you haven't bought one and you're still thinking, but boy, I really want to invest and now I'm scared of this whole condo thing. I will tell you, there's some great resale buildings that you can go into. There's some great uh, uh, opportunities out there where the rents actually do work. And um, don't be scared. Again, I'm a big believer in long term. So just give us a call and we'll find you the right building that actually gives you the ability to rent it out and carry it. So where can they reach you? What's the phone number? 416-230-8500. Or you can email info at realestatetoronto.com. So realestatetoronto.com, northyorkliving.com. Northyorkrealestate.com. Excellent. We got all the dot coms. <laughs> a, a virtual web mogul in the making. That's right. Yeah. Well, we will see you right back here next Sunday at 4 p.m. on realestatetoronto.com radio. Give us your show ideas. You can reach us on Twitter at Listen Up Talk or at Facebook slash Listen Up Talk Radio. We'll catch you next Sunday. 
Thank you for listening to Mulholland Ross Real Estate Radio on Radio That Doesn't Suck.com. Tune in every Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time as the team brings you weekly tools, tips, and discussions with thought leaders for both buyers and sellers in the sometimes confusing world of residential real estate. Is there a topic you'd like to hear or want to get in touch with the team? You can email feedback at radio that doesn't suck.com or call the team at 416 230 5900.